The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It sure is, and we are ready to go. The coffee is poured, the batteries are charged, and we're ready to take this uh, next 45 minutes for you. 416-870-6400. That is the number you want to call through. As Alex just mentioned, you'll probably have lots of questions and concerns when it comes to uh, your employment or lack of employment, CERB, UIEI, all that stuff, EIEIO. It doesn't matter. Bring it on. It's all about employment law. Employment laws are still there. They're still happening, and they still apply to to you. So make sure you call if you have any uh, any uh, questions about uh, something going on with your job. Possibly you've been laid off as part of this COVID, uh, COVID-19 problem and you're wondering what you do next, what the uh, what the laws entail. You need some advice straight up. This is a place to get it. John Pink is here and uh, doing the good work. 416-870-6400. We will also get into the topic of temporary layoffs and uh, things and times you have to do something about it if. We'll get to those and some emails as well. I want to mention that if you want to send an email along, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca and for the next little while, covidrights.ca. That is a website the guys put together with the firm and lots of information, including the step-by-step and how-to with the CERB as well. So, Having said that, brother, I'll take a deep breath and uh, get the phone calls lined up. A uh, week that was, you got a couple things to talk about. How are you, pal? I'm good. Uh, busy as you can imagine and uh, yeah, got man. lots of interesting situations. I'm sure that we'll discuss tonight and hopefully people will call in and, and give us their questions about what they're dealing with right now because mm-hmm. uh, we're certainly all dealing with a lot. This has affected everyone. No one is immune to what's going on. Uh, but I am going to actually talk about two situations. One that's uh, not COVID-19 related for a little bit of a change of uh, pace because we still have those situations with uh, essential businesses still running. Uh, and the second situation uh, will uh, is, is more like a COVID-19 specific. Uh, so the first situation I want to talk about is someone who had been employed in a manufacturing plant uh, that's been designated an essential service. And he'd been working at this plant for about 10 years as a mm-hmm. foreman. Uh, and he'd been increasingly having unpleasant interactions with a new employee uh, who's not cooperating with him and not accepting the work protocols. And this is someone who apparently had come from another plant that did some things a little bit differently, and he was just not adapting well to the new environment. So right. one day, this this foreman loses his cool and starts screaming and swearing at this person for insubordination. Uh, It sounds like everyone within about 20 feet of him heard it. Uh, So unsurprisingly, the next day, this foreman is called up to the plant manager's office and asked to explain himself. And he says, you know what? I was wrong. Shouldn't have raised my voice. I shouldn't have swore. I'm sorry. And they seemed to accept this. And they asked him to sign a a statement verifying what happened and told him he'd be on an unpaid suspension and come back. Well, a week later, they terminated his employment uh, and asserted just cause. So this this was someone who was clearly going to be owed severance. Ten years service. The only warning he'd ever received was uh, five years ago for a completely unrelated issue. Uh, and most importantly, this was someone who expe- expressed genuine remorse for what happened. So right. in the circumstances, uh, because this was an older gentleman uh, who had quite a few responsibilities, he was actually owed as much as 12 months pay. And that's wow. uh, what we're going to be negotiating for him. So just remember, uh, if you're an employee and your, your employer has told you that that you're being terminated for just cause, uh, you really should have that reviewed by an employment lawyer because the vast, vast, vast majority of the time, employers get that wrong, and they certainly did here. 
Want to uh, mention as well, in between, you want to reach out to John or Lior, member of the team, uh, when we're not on the air here, one 821 5900 is the way to do that. Uh, but here now to call in and ask your questions, 416-870-6400, just before we move on to our calls. Uh, what else you got going on, brother? So the second situation is a little different, and I, I know we always talk about employees, but I thought for change it might be nice to talk about a situation from an employer's expect- cool. uh, perspective. Uh, and this one does relate to COVID-19. Uh, so I actually had a corporation approach me for advice regarding an employee who refused uh, to work. Now, of course, I, I can't disclose the nature of this employer's business, but suffice to say that uh, not only are they an essential service, but an absolutely critical service right now. And that means that their employees, unless they're sick, quarantined, self-isolating, or caring for children, the elderly, uh, or someone else who's sick, they're going to have to go to work. So uh, this employee said, uh, look, I'm at home, I'm comfortable, I don't need to worry about being careful outside except to go out and get groceries. I'm not coming to work. Now, I want to be very very clear about something before I go any further with this story. For the vast majority of people who are out there who are working remotely, laid off, or not working for an essential business, staying at home is absolutely what you should and what you must do. You hear that on this station a lot, and that is right. true. Uh, our government has been very clear about this, and we have to follow these directions. Uh, but this particular individual had a role that could not be completed remotely, and so it was absolutely necessary for him to come into work, albeit very cautiously and with proper social distancing and uh, hygiene measures. So the employer came to us and said, look, I, I don't know what to do here. I need this employee working here, so I, or I need to replace him. So what we did is we basically said, you know, Mr. So-and-so, if you have an issue with safety in the workplace, please let us know. We'll investigate it. Potentially, we'll get occupational health and safety involved. But otherwise, uh, we expect you to come to work. Now, that employee uh, did not get back to the company. And at at this point, unfortunately, it looks like the result is that this employee is going to lose their job permanently uh, and be fired for misconduct. So if, if you are employed in one of these positions and your employer needs you to be there, yes, absolutely take every safety precaution possible. Use social distancing. And if you're worried about safety in the workplace, absolutely report it. Um, uh, and, and follow all the other measures that the government is recommending. But this is not uh, this is not an excuse um, not to go to work if your employer is still operating as an essential business. And a lot of people are not realizing that, and I think it's very important that they do. Again, 416-870-6400. You have questions or concerns of the regular nature about your job if you're an employer, employee. That's fine. We take them. We've been taking them for years on this on this radio show, and we continue to do so tonight. But if it's COVID-19 related, the coronavirus, and questions about that, especially a hot topic, and a lot of confusion and head scratching going on out there, bring those ones on, especially tonight and every night uh, we're on the air. And we'll uh, we'll get to the PJ. Thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you? Well, I'm well, thanks. How are you today? Good, Pally. What's uh, what's on your mind? A very quick question. So my employer has told uh, all of us uh, that work for them that they were asking us to take 50% of our vacation time before the end of May. And if we do not do so, that we will be forfeiting 50% of our vacation time for the year of 2020. So I wanted to know what rights do they have to do that? Or are we in a situation here where we must adhere to their um, to their ask, or are we in a position where the vacation time is within our right to hold on to when we see fit? 
Well, you can't use your vacation time when you see fit, uh, but an employer does have to give it to you um, every what, what we call entitlement year. So telling you that you have to use your vacation time before the end of May, depending on what your entitlement year is, uh, may not be legal. Uh, now, keep in mind, they're still going to have to pay you your vacation pay no matter what. It sounds like they're, they're not uh, saying that... that uh, that you can get that they're trying to take that away if they do that's certainly a problem because they can never take that away uh, but vacation time it is legal for employers to apply a so you know what they often call a use it or lose it policy within certain parameters uh, but if they're telling you all of a sudden you have to use it before the end of May and, and uh, you haven't known this before, that that's probably an employment standards issue, and you may want to contact the Ministry of Labor if uh, you're worried about whether you're going to be able to do that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Welcome. Thanks, PJ. Appreciate the call. Enjoy the rest of your evening. 416-870-6400. That is the number to use to ask your questions as well. Lori, you're, uh, you're up next. Good evening. Hi, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. I just have a quick question. Um, sure. I'm unfortunate enough to need to work two full-time jobs, which I have done successfully until COVID-19, which the plant that I work uh, was shut down. Problem is, is that I still do work a 40-hour week. My second job was not affected. I'm a cleaner, so my second job was not affected. But I worked two jobs for a very good reason, and my income is down just a little over 2000 per month as long as this goes on. I'm not sure if I'm entitled to uh, collect any type of assistance based on the fact that I still have a 40-hour work week. So as it currently stands, although this may change, you are not eligible for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit unless you have unless you are or expect to be without employment for at least 14 consecutive days uh, in the initial four week period um, that you're applying in and for any subsequent periods. So as of right now, uh, I would say no, you are, you are probably not going to be eligible, but please do keep your eye out for government announcements. Uh, these uh, announcements are also going to be posted on ST Law's website um, because this may change. There has been a lot of criticism for this very reason, for the reason that, that you're saying a lot of people are falling through the cracks. There's also people who are having their earnings drastically reduced, also not receiving CERB. Uh, so unfortunately, this is just uh, this is a gap in the legislation right now. Now it's a gap in the CERB, and hopefully they're going to fill it. But so far, uh, none of that has been uh, implemented. Well, that's absolutely terrible because, you know, I paid full taxes when mm -hmm. I did have that daytime job, every paycheck. Now, let me ask you this, though. How, how, many, uh, how long had you, were you at that, uh, at that job? Do you know what? Approximately three months. I was just getting into being a union member. So. Oh, you, you just, okay. I, had you become I unionized? Three months. Pardon me? Had you become unionized at that point? No, I'm two weeks under when we got right. all, the whole plant shut down two weeks before I had to go. Right. Now, you, you, you may be entitled to some severance from them, notwithstanding what the Employment Standards Act says. Uh, so it's probably not going to amount to a huge amount, uh, but no. it may be something. So you, you may want to consider pursuing that. Well, hopefully our government will recognize that uh, there is a lot of people that have multiple jobs and because my nighttime job is a 40-hour week you know it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what puts bread and butter on my table absolutely i hope so too i will i will keep an eye on that and listen i appreciate this very much i always listen to your show love it 
Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks, Appreciate Corey. it. That, that's really, uh, really cool. We'll take a short break. Tim, hang on the line. Fella, we will get to you. And uh, we're just getting warmed up. Plenty of time for your calls as well. If it's about COVID-19 or anything else about your employment, if you're an employer, employee, doesn't matter. Bring it on. John's here to answer them all. 416-870-6400. And you can also check out covidrights.ca as well. We're right back with more Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And back at it with John Pickus on the other end of the uh, the phone lines for you. You want to give us a call, 416-870-6400. Questions about your job, employment, COVID, uh, CERB, all that confusing stuff. Bring it on here. would love to talk to you. you. want to send an email along. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you simply go to employmentlawyer.ca, you will find links to our television show as well, which is uh, which is pretty cool. We're going to move on here to, uh, to Tim. Hi, Tim. Thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Hi. Good pal. What's up? Um, I just have a question that I, I, pertains to probably uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people in this province or across mm. Canada. And that's Perfect. it. Um, in the States, they're showing graphs of the COVID-19 curve going up. We're not doing that in Ontario, for sure. We're just showing 400 a day, 400 a day. Now, my question is, is why can't businesses and government get together and, and understand that when the curve starts coming down, we can start putting people to work? Well, my question to you is, if I get called back and I work for a company that's got three or four or 500 people in it, and I get called back to work, and the curve has not gone down, and it keeps going up, what are my rights? I don't need the health department to come in and tell me that they miraculously know that there's four or 500 people mm-hmm. coming back into your plant that know that they, they don't have COVID-19. So my, my question is, is where is accountability? I'm not showing a graph, so everybody's on the same page. A simple graph, one line going up. And when it starts to go down, then we can start to work together to bring people back. But we don't have a plan like that. So where is my rights? Besides the, the Ministry of Health coming in and saying you're, you're working in a safe environment, they have no idea when the graph is still going up. Right. Well, I, I think this is more of a, of a political question uh, to make sure, you know, and, and I think it's a, a valid question in terms no, no, of... It is. It's, it's my right to, uh, to go back to work unsafe because the graph would be going up. Where's my rights? I'm not... Like, I, I know your, your answer is, is they're going to bring in the Ministry of Health. But that's not going to do any good when the graph's going up. No, well, it's, they're not doing that in this province. They're not showing the graph. So nobody knows what the heck's going on. Right. I, and, and look, this is this is a very distressing situation, and I, I know it's going to be very uh, stressful for everyone to go back to work. Um, as it currently stands, the only recourse that employees have in those situations is to call the Ministry of, of uh, Labor's Occupational Health and Safety Department and to get an inspector. Um, that's the system we have in place. Maybe that's not good enough. Maybe we're going to need to do something better. Uh, I think a lot of thought is going to have to go into yeah. uh, bringing people back and and potentially doing it in an incremental way, but ultimately this this is a political issue, right? It is it is an issue of do we need to enact some kinds of uh, temporary changes to how we monitor health and safety in the workplace? And I, I expect that we probably will. What are the pitfalls if Tim says because he's obviously upset about it, and rightly so? You don't know you're walking into a COVID minefield if he goes back. What if he says to his employer, you know what? I'm not comfortable with it. I don't think it's safe. There's no way you can tell me 500 people. Haven't got headaches. I mean, you know what I mean? What Can he just simply stay, say, I'm not coming into work, or that is a resignation? 
he can't do that. Uh, if yeah. if you do that without having a valid, and this is something we were talking about towards the top of the hour, right? If you, if you go into, if you stay home rather, yep. once you're you're being recalled back to work, um, if you have a valid safety concern and you're t- speaking with your employer and your employer's not doing anything about it, and you need to contact the Ministry of Labor, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But if you're just going back because you're you're not going back because you're saying, well, you know what, the government says COVID nineteen is a big threat, so I'm not going back to work. You are really really putting your job at risk and you may find out that you've lost your job and you've lost your severance so uh, again i can't stress this enough for people who are still uh, required to work if your employer is designated an essential business you still need to go to work unless you have one of those circumstances where the government is mandating you to stay at home Appreciate the call, Tim. Understand your frustration. Like you said, you're not alone. There's lots of people thinking the same thing and saying the same thing as well. 416-870-6400. Bring on your concerns. That's why it's such a busy topic, and we'll continue to cover it here for the uh, weeks and possibly months to come. Uh, Brianne, thank you for hanging on. How are you? Good. How are you? Great. Go ahead. What's your uh, What's your question? Well, thank you for taking my question. Um, so my situation is this. I work at a grocery store, and I work in the floral department. Um, I live at home with my mom, who's 85 years old, um, so I am required to go to work. They, But I didn't feel comfortable. I don't feel safe because I don't feel like they're taking the appropriate measures. Um, they said to us that I asked them what my job is. They shut down that department, but we're going to be walking around the store and assisting other departments that may need help. Um, so I did apply for a leave of absence. And I'm going to be applying for EI, but I just wanted to know, with my situation, do I qualify for the CERB? So did you mention you were taking care of someone at home? Or is it more yeah. because you don't? Okay. So if you're taking care... Well, she just gets sick very fast, so I don't want to bring something back and expose right. her to it. Right. Well, um, if I think the simple the simple reason of, of you needing to be at home to care for someone who who needs you there, who relies upon you, um, is going to be good enough for a leave of absence and probably good enough to qualify for the CERB as well. So, um, if you are staying home for that reason, I absolutely would apply for it. Okay. That's wonderful. I appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. You're welcome. Thanks, Brian. Uh, please follow up with us and let us know um, how the uh, how the chips fall with that one. You know, it's interesting between that and Tim's conversation, and uh, you know the fact that if you're still making a, a few shekels a week, you're just on that cusp. You don't apply for, or at least you don't qualify for the CERB. I know this is a thing that they're constantly changing. It's never happened before. They've had to put this thing together haphazardly over the last few weeks. So, you know, you got to commend the government for for stepping up that quickly. And I know it's gonna. There's going to be a lot of changes with it, but there's a, a lot of people, as we're finding out, that are still kind of in that twilight zone. They're kind of in that no man's land where they don't qualify, but they could really use something. You know what I mean? Right. Well, at least they have acknowledged that uh, the self-employed uh, can still be or can still be uh, vulnerable in this situation, or uh, in some right. cases, the uh, quote-unquote self-employed. Um, so they they have addressed that gap, and I was happy to see that. But, you know, the the question becomes, uh, do we really have enough resources uh, to fill those gaps? And, uh, again, this is, uh, I suppose, a a political question and a resource question. Um, But... uh, I, I don't know how far these uh, these changes are going to go. As it currently stands, you still have to have no income uh, for those 14 days. Um, so it might be the case where you start seeing changes where you, you can have lost 50% of your income or 60% right. of your income, but we'll have to see. 
Uh, the number, again, 416-870-6400. If you have questions of your own, we've still got plenty of time to uh, to get you on the air here. Anytime you want to travel there, it is covidrights.ca. That is a website. There's information on that website that the guys put together here, and it also has uh, or pertains to CERB, so you'll get some information on that as well. Temporary layoff. It's basically what we've been talking about in a roundabout way uh, with a lot of people sitting at home. What is it, a layoff, and how is it different than a regular termination of employment? So temporary layoff is something that a lot of people are facing right now. A, a yep. lot of a lot of it is in the news. Um, often you'll hear, if you just you know read generally speaking about temporary layoffs, you'll see things that say, well, you can do it for 13 weeks, or if you have benefits, you can do it up to eight months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, under the Employment Standards Act, that is true. Uh, but really, for most people, a temporary layoff, particularly if you're not recalled for, uh, for an essential business that is still operating, is going to be a termination um, and that means that your entitlements to severance are going to be the same as people who have been, had their employment terminated permanently we call it a constructive dismissal but is a very straightforward constructive dismissal you've lost your income you've lost your hours of work that's a termination for for most people We'll keep that conversation up, though. Uh, uh, in between that, bouncing over to the phones, of course, our top priority. Joe, thank you for reaching out. How are you tonight? No good. What's uh, your story, pal? Well, I ran out of VI last year, and I went on uh, social assistance, Toronto. And uh, I'm only making uh, 400 a month. I just wonder if anything's in there. Right, that's that's a really uh, unfortunate situation. So what you basically, uh, what you're saying, Joe, is you were not employed at the time that these uh, this uh, uh, no, no. pandemic befell us. Well, in that case, uh, you are not going to be eligible, unfortunately, for the uh, CERB. Um, now, you said you ran out of EI. Was this were were you uh, terminated from a position? No shortage of work. Okay, so shortage of work, that's that's fine. Um, and um, this was a company, when, when did that happen? Uh, last year, end of last year. End of last year, okay. And how long had you been at this company? Uh, just a year. And what were you doing with them? Uh, just a machine operator. Okay, well, uh, Joe, one thing that I can tell you is that you, if did they pay you a severance package? Yes. Okay, and how much did they pay you? Uh, just uh, the two weeks. The two weeks. Okay, so what I would do, Joe, is give us a call because you're going to have an entitlement to severance from this company. Now, it's uh, it, it, after a year, um, you know, in, in a role like machinist, depending on your age, it could be three months' pay or four months' no, pay. No, it was just a just, uh, sheer, like, nothing special machine. Like it doesn't matter. Anybody you know what? Fair enough, fair enough, Joe. But nonetheless, you're still going to have a, a severance entitlement here, and it, it could very much be, and it probably is, much more than what they gave you. So obviously, you're, you're going to need every dollar that you can get right now. So what I'd like you to do, Joe, is give us a call. Let us help you negotiate a severance package here because um, the law doesn't suddenly evaporate just because we're in a pandemic. The severance entitlement is still there. And if you go on severancepaycalculator.com, you'll see that you are entitled to more than uh, you know two weeks pay that's the minimum amount uh, your full entitlements are much more than that so please do give us a call and let us uh, help you out here
Joe, reach out for sure. Write this number down, fella. It's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 or help at employmentlawyer.ca. Reach out to John for sure. Get more information and uh, basically get a, get a move on that sucker. Uh, Sonny, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Okay, so the 14-day CERB requirement, what if you were only laid off temporarily, got a record of employment for 13 days? Do you still get one week of EI? You mean, you mean for 13 weeks? No, 13 days. So I ended up working on the Monday. Right. I let go temporarily on the Tuesday and went back to work on the two week, uh, 13 days later today. Right. Oh, interesting. So, you know, in in that circumstance, you probably do not meet the requirements because the requirement uh, for CERB is that you actually have 14 consecutive days of no income. So, uh, right. I, I, my uh, my view is you you probably do not satisfy that uh, criteria. So, uh, and then any idea what happens to the one week of EI because they waived it at the beginning? That what I normally have been entitled to, with the, you know, because they waived the two week EI business, and then they came up with CERB. So, you know what I mean? uh, like definitely ask Service Canada about that in terms of your regular EI benefit. Whether you can still get an entitlement for that one week, I suspect you may not be. Uh, but I would speak with them about that. As far as CERB, though, I think it's pretty clear that you're not going to get that particular benefit which is what everything's going through right now yeah so for those 13 for those 13 days you you may be out of luck but uh um, at least you're you're working now and and hopefully that that will remain the case and certainly if you're uh let go or put on another temporary layoff uh, you should give us a call and let us help you out with that Appreciate the uh, the call, Sonny, 416-870-6400. That is how you do it. Abe, hello there. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Great. What's uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, I'm, I'm self-employed. Uh, right now, uh, I have I don't have full hours right now. I, I make only one-fifth of my regular income uh, for the past 14, for, um, for the past one month. Uh, will I be, uh, will I qualify for CRB? Currently, as it stands, you would not qualify for CERB. But let me ask you something: um, Are do, are you working for one employer only, or do you have a number of clients? Uh, two employers. Two employers. Okay. And do you do but, you spend your time equally with those two employers? Uh, no. I mean, uh, one three days and the other one, I mean, two days with the other one. Okay. And have you been have you been doing this for an extended period of time? Yes. How many About years? More than 10 years. More than oh. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. You may actually, although you do not qualify for CERB, uh, you may very well be entitled to severance from one of these uh, companies. Now, I know that that, that uh, uh, may sound strange because I, you're, you're self-employed, but there is the concept of what we call a dependent contractor. And if you're much more dependent on one of these uh, companies than the other and you're working for them fairly exclusively you may have an entitlement there so I would recommend you give us a call so we can talk about that because given you're not uh, entitled to CERB we really want to look at uh, how else we can help you through this time so uh, okay. uh, John I'll give you the number and uh, please do give us a call 
Hey, appreciate the call, and here is that number to reach out. Uh, call John, call Lior, call the firm, one 821 5900 Give it to you again, one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the here and now, 416-870-6400 is the way you uh, want to give us a call. Karen, thank you for uh, for standing by. How are you? Fine. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's on your mind? Okay, um, before I started working, right, I was on um, ODSP for um, uh, a murmur heart, okay? okay? And I wasn't getting enough. Me and my husband wasn't getting enough. And um, my husband is dying, okay? He needs special medication. So I applied for Tim Horton. I've been working for Tim Horton almost 10 years. And the thing was, since the virus and since the owners changed hands, um they, um, I went to work last week just for one day to, then they wanted to see how I was working. I'm a truck unloader and a cleaner. And so what happened was that, you know, they promised me four days a week, um, four days, yeah, a week, four hours a day. Um, and then, um, um, yeah, I called today to see if the trucks were coming, and I was told tomorrow the truck wasn't coming. And so I got the, you know, the paper that said I could apply for EI, right? And But I don't know if I could apply for EI if I'm getting a little bit of ODSP. And plus also, um, my husband needs those pills, and they're about $200 um, a month. And I just don't have the money. I don't have the money for the personal need. Food we can get at the food bank, but per- personal needs, there's nothing. Right, right. Okay, um, and just so just so I understand, um, you uh, you've been working for Tim Hortons for, for for ten years, and you say that almost. now almost ten years, and you yes. say that now you're you're basically you're not getting any hours, uh, and uh, you're not you're not there four days per week or anything. Well, okay, last week, right, I only got one day, right, and mm-hmm. that was the Saturday, and I got four hours, and they promised me, we we signed a, a new contract, right, because the owner sold their store, right, mm-hmm. and then um, when the contract was re-signed, because it's Easter holiday, I couldn't go to the bank to get the, uh, my information, right, so they can do the deposit, right, but they promised me Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday, right? Four hours. So that's better than nothing, okay? And I got cats, too, and I'm not getting no cat foods, okay? And um, so um, they won't waiver, the, uh, you know, or shorten my rent at all, okay, where I live. And also, you know, um, right now they told me um, because they ordered too much, there's no job for me tomorrow. And I was working at Tim Horton Saturday. The place was filthy. Okay, and I cleaned it up for them. Okay, made it really clean. With this virus, the you know places should be a lot cleaner. But I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble. I just want them to keep their promise because I'd rather work than be on any benefits. Okay, so let's 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 first start ta- uh, start by talking about uh, the ODSP and, and EI. So. Right now, I mean, on the old benefit, you could not receive ODSP and the emergency assistance program at the same time. Right okay. now, they're just saying that you can't receive it if you have applied for CERB or EI benefits. So it, it may be worth applying because based on what the government has released, it's, it's not clear that that ODSP exclusion is still there in the consolidated uh, CERB benefit. 
So that's one thing. Okay. Um, as far as um, what to do about the company, we should also look at maybe the, maybe a, a severance package here that you may be entitled to because after 10 years, and sorry, you said your, your position was what? Um, a truck unloader and cleaning the stores. Before this virus happened, I was working six days a week, six hours a day, right? And right. You know, you know how the income is raised up to fourteen dollars an hour. Now it's fifteen dollars an hour. Right. And you know they were kind of going to cut me back because the new um, owner bought up the old owner chains of Tim Hortons six. Tim Horton store is a new, you know, new owner, different rules. Okay. But I don't know if I qualify for the servant package because it's not the same owner, but still Tim Horton owns it. All. It's it's if, if you've been working continuously throughout that period, then your severance or your service rather is going to all count. And for someone in your position, you know, depending on your age, you could be looking at a severance entitlement of eight months, nine months pay. Um, so it is definitely worth giving us a call and having us look into that for you uh, because you, you could have a significant severance entitlement here. In the meantime, I would apply for CERB anyway as long as you're transparent with them. The only risk, the worst thing that can happen is you find out you're not eligible. If you need the money, absolutely apply for it. But in the meantime, please do give us a call. Appreciate it, my dear. Well, uh, we'll move on. Here is the number to reach out to, John, one 821 5900 It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Got uh, Steve hanging on the line. Hi, Steve. Thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out. Hi. How are you doing tonight? Good. What's on your mind? So I had a question on what's the difference between a furlough and a layoff? Because I've been asked, or I've been told, rather, that I have to take a five-week furlough and I was just looking at the CERB periods. The first two weeks of the furlough falls into the last two weeks of one period, so I'm okay applying for CERB for that. But the last right. two weeks is in the next period, and it looks like you have to be continuously not employed for all four weeks of that second period. Right. So in answer to your first question, uh, uh, am, am I uh, right in assuming that your employer is, is American? Or had, um, do they have an American headquarters? Yeah, we're a Canadian subsidiary of an American company. Okay, because because furlough is is basically the Americans' uh, way of of layoff. It's a little bit confusing. So it, in Canada, when we say layoffs, uh, we often mean you know so called temporary layoffs. And when someone's dismissed permanently, we call it termination. Whereas in the U.S., layoff is permanent. Furlough they consider more temporary. So uh, it's it's just a, a confusion of uh, nomenclature. Uh, so okay. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be caught up in that. In terms of your entitlements to CERB, it is true you have to be uh, unemployed uh, or or not having income, rather, for continuous periods. And you're telling me that, that there's going to be some period where you're actually going to be back to work, or are they going to be putting you back and forth? Well, no, it's, it's five weeks total, but okay. the, 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 the first two weeks falls within the last two weeks of one of the CERB periods, mm -hmm. right? And then, so... The next CERB period I, is the last three weeks of, of my layoff. So I would not be eligible, from what I understand, for that second period of CERB because it, it's not, it's not that may, four weeks continuous. The, well, it doesn't have to be four weeks continuous. The rule is that so they run in four-week periods. Okay, and so if you are unemployed for or, or not having income for 14 consecutive days, 
you are eligible for each four-week uh, chunk, kind of. So I would just, you know, apply for it now. When that second four-week period comes up, you'll apply again, and you'll find out whether you meet that 14-day requirement. Uh, and very importantly, if you're if it turns out that you're not called back after five weeks and that period extends more, that's the point where you probably want to give us a call and, and maybe look at your entitlements from the company for a termination package. Okay, because the, the verbiage on the website seems to be quite clear. It says for your first application, it's 14 days, but then it says for subsequent applications, it must be the entire four-week period. Right. Well, you're right. So it does have to be continuous after that point, but I would still make that uh, I would still make that application and, and update them because um, you, you may find out that you have a partial benefit or you may find out that the employer doesn't bring you back at the end of those five weeks, in which case certainly you'll meet that subsequent four-week requirement. So I, I'd say it's always worth applying. Again, the worst case scenario is you find out that you're not eligible uh, for that subsequent period. Get to uh, Lori here. Finally, Lori, you got about a minute here to ask your uh, your last question. What's uh, what's happening? Hey, Lori. Do we lose Lori? Okay, we lost Lori. Do we have time for a quick Lindsay? Hi, Lindsay. You got about a minute. What's up? Hi. Um, Hi. I have a university student who was supposed to be going into full time employment for the summer, um, which he won't be starting, and we're wondering if he's eligible for the for the CERB payment. And he he hasn't started the position. No, he signed oh. the contract. It's supposed to be May right through to August. Um, like, there's a position he's had in previous summers also. Right. So like, likely he's not going to be uh, entitled to CERB, and, and you actually probably uh, won't even be able to issue a record of employment. And the other thing that you should remember is that people who actually have to have earned at least $5,000 in either the last 12 months or 2019, so my guess, probably not going to be uh, eligible for CERB. I would check the CERB calculator just to make sure, but I, I doubt that that particular person would be eligible. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Lindsay. And that is the way we're going to end it tonight. A busy show. Appreciate all your contributions. You want to reach out uh, now that we're done. one 821 5900 is the way to go. Uh, toll free. That as well. Uh, you want to go to a, a website, you can go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca, covidrights.ca. That's a current website you want to check out, and you want to reach out through email to John or Lee or the rest of the team. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Back here Wednesday night doing the same thing. Do not go anywhere. On Point with Alex Pearson returns right here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.